Why can't Rihanna's clothing range keep my tits covered? Answer me this, answer me this. What has Discovery Channel ever discovered? Answer me this, answer me this. Last week, listeners, we expressed surprise that any of you, or indeed anyone in the uh, great United Kingdom in which we live... Or anybody sound of mind and body... um, ...actually eats pot noodles. And about three of you did. Uh, And one of those people is Mark from Hampshire. He says, my name is Mark from Hampshire and I... I'm a pot noodle eater. Hello, Mark. (laughs) I've learned to adapt and alter the delicious pots into culinary delights. Version one, add boiling water to pot as you normally would. I never would. Now, pour the mixture into an expensive, delicate china bowl. (laughs) This is called posh noodle. Very, very good. Uh, Version two, use contents as filling for wholemeal bread sandwich. This is called... Pot noodle sandwich. That doesn't sound good. Uh, I hope that this email, says Mark, will encourage you to be tempted by the forbidden fruit that is a beef and tomato pot noodle. It hasn't. I'd rather pour boiling water on some cat litter and eat that. (laughs) Uh, Well, we're not quite at the beginning of the episode, but hopefully we're close enough to it uh, for Philip to hear us uh, read this message from his boyfriend, Simon, in London, who says, please, could you answer us this at the beginning of an episode? Because my boyfriend, Philip, and I listen to you in bed every week and Philip has a tendency to doze off. (laughs) Thanks very much for that. Why do people tell us that like it's a compliment? Anyway, uh, Simon says, Simon says, (laughs) put your hands on your head ollie it says my boyfriend pip is going on tour with a play from april all across australia he'll be gone a minimum of two months and a maximum of four and a half months presumably that's a maximum of four and a half months if the show extends its run because it's a wildly popular if it's a massive hit simon and i don't i don't mean to make the situation worse than it obviously is for a year on australian broadway if they exactly if there's some flexibility if uh, pip ends up getting a part in uh, neighbors Oh. Could be gone for years, like Toadie. Yeah, or he could be written out very quickly, like the Hancock family. <laughs> uh, Simon continues, I can't afford, as it stands, to fly myself out to Australia. Now, well, that's expensive. Ollie, answer me this. Should I sign up to flu camp in Whitechapel to afford my way out there? Oh, God. They pay up to £3,800 for 10 to 18 days. Yeah, and your life. <laughs> That's the deal, don't you understand? We've said this before about medical trials. Yes. That's the deal. But like, Potentially, giving... you could die. Like Obviously, that's rare and it's very sad when it happens, but it's possible, isn't it? Yeah, well, he says, I figure that that's a lot of time to catch up on box sets yeah. with so... the flu. <laughs> exactly. Which makes everything miserable. This is the thing. I mean, people say... Don't they? You get what you pay for. Yeah. Well, I think it's... Yeah. I think you get what you're paid for. Mm. And in that instance, you're getting paid to feel terrible. £3,750, as their website says they will pay you up to, which means you're only going to get that if you're on the most deadly flu trial. Mm. What if you are just given 100 quid because they've just given you the sniffles? Yeah. I'm a bit dubious of flu camp, Simon, not because of anything specific I've heard about them, but because their website is a bit too studiedly casual. It's a bit too like, yeah, hey guys, we want to find out about viruses, so come and hang with us, you'll meet some great peeps. <laughs> also, on their website, they have a tab which is called The Science Bit, which I think is a bit too trivial for studies into diseases that kill people, because flu is still a deadly disease. Yeah, I mean, but- when it was shampoo, it was fine, because it's just shampoo. Yeah, well, I know what you, I know what you mean, but they're, they're deliberately referencing something from pop culture there to show that... Hey, we do science, but we're pretty hip with it. Yeah, this is the fun side of science. This is a great opportunity to focus on work or studies to write that ever-elusive book you've been promising yourself or simply to catch up on some shut-eye. So they're acting like it's a sort of spa or Mm. a writing retreat. To play devil's advocate here, medical science does need people to volunteer for these trials. 
And if your motivation is that you want to go and see your your um, boyfriend in Australia and give him some of your viruses, <laughs> yeah. then then yes, you should you should help science go forward, and in the in the process, bag yourself some money for a flight. Even so, the flu can be really debilitating, and even though they might only keep you for up to eighteen days. You could have weeks afterwards in which you're feeling very drained and in need of recovery. And you've got to factor that in to the amount of time this trial would take and the money, therefore. But anyway, make sure that if you are going in, you do take box sets with you, as you suggest, because the quality of daytime television at the moment is it's absolutely weak. piss poor. Have you seen Tipping Point? No. It is absolutely extraordinary. What's I the couldn't believe If I tell you the premise, you will say to me, I cannot believe this is possible. A full hour every day, stipped across the week, five days a week of playing the penny arcade thing from the seaside where you put in a coin and it tries to push other coins out of the machine. Oh, what? That's it. That's a really boring game. I don't object to the idea of supersized uh, funfair arcade games as a quiz show. Why don't they have the soft toy grabber? Exactly. If With they mixed humans it up, <laughs> and grabbed. If they mixed it up, if they had a bit of Splat the Rat mm. and then they had a bit of Outrun or something and then they had that, but the whole game is just this giant coin pushing thing and they try and build suspense Ugh. in it. So you put the penny... D- the contestants don't even put the penny in themselves. Oh, that's not fair. That's like telling your child they can't put it in. <laughs> exactly. So it just drops down. They say, I'll have it in column four, please. It, ben Shepard hosts it. The bass player from Soundgarden. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> then different Soundgarden vinyl LPs fall down the holes. <laughs> and then Ben Shepard has to stand there and sort of create drama out of it. Like, oh, is it going to push it? Oh, oh, no, it hasn't this time, Derek. I'm sorry. And then there's general knowledge questions to see if they can play again. And you think, mm. okay, well, at least in the questions, you know, we'll get a who wants to be a millionaire type learning out okay, of this. But- no, the questions are like, which of these is an English monarch? Henry the Fourth or Lorraine Kelly. It's that kind of standard. <laughs> She's the queen of our hearts. And it's just like, it's so depressing that people spend five hours a week watching that. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe they just double. Maybe it's just you that spends five no. hours a week. I, I think outraged. they do. And I think the sadness is they have no choice about what channel they're watching because they're all in old people's homes. Here's a question from Sam who says, my hairdresser is quite wealthy. She has a daughter in a private school and by her own admission, doesn't need to work. She just does it for the love of the hair. Mm-hmm. The haircut cost me eight pounds but I always feel obliged to give her £10. Ollie, answer me this. Should I be tipping her if she is richer than me? Well, it's up to her what to spend the money on, isn't it? Those private school bills aren't going to pay themselves. Yeah, maybe her daughter's got a scholarship. Uh, Maybe, though, it's just easiest to take the exact change with you. No, no. If he feels like he'd tip any hairdresser, then he should tip this woman. Just because she says, Mm. I don't need to work. What she might mean by that is... I could live a normal lifestyle without working, but I like the little luxuries that I have. Things that maybe you, Sam, even take for granted. Like having a nest of hair on her floor. (laughs) And uh, it's her choice to spend her money on those things, isn't it? If you follow this through to its logical conclusion, otherwise, Sam, you would only tip, and in fact you'd over-tip people who earn less than you. So every time you went and got a Big Mac, you'd leave a fiver on the table. And also maybe you, if you were an employer, you'd find out how big your employees' savings were, and you'd be like, well... You've been very uh, financially clever, so I'm going to dock your wages. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yes. How did she build up this uh, pile of cash that she sleeps on? It might be yeah. through hard and diligent work, Sam. She saved all those two pounds, and uh, now mm. she's uh, got a good nest egg. But uh, also, eight pounds seems like a very good haircut that deal good, these that days. That is a good deal, actually. Even for men's hair, which is traditionally cheaper than a lady's haircut. Yeah, Martin got his haircut today. Uh, the guy, the hairdresser also managed to cut his beard as well, so that it's roughly the same length as the hair on the top. I'm so not very pleased with the beard. You can roughly turn him around. You can't even tell which way you're looking at him. <laughs> I look like an Iron Man character well, rather you... than a sort of a playful hippie. But I, just, I bring this up because I just want to revel in a moment that I overheard earlier, which is how much Martin paid for this haircut, because I seem to remember... 
that in the early years of this <laughs> podcast, you chastised me for spending £40 on my hair. You said, oh, I go to Mr. Topper's, uh, I believe was the quote. To be fair, I was probably... Hold on. Since then, <laughs> I've found, I think, I think you'll agree my hair looks perfectly functional. It's adequate. I've found a, a perfectly stylish unisex barber, uh, which charges me £30 in the centre of town. How much was your hair, Martin? £44. £44. Yeah, but Martin has Look a... Look how the tables have turned. How often do you have your hair cut, though? Uh... <laughs> every day <laughs> just touched up they do the nose hairs uh, no, about every two months I get mine done about every six months and I see okay so you're making so a saving on a, week on a, by week on a PA yeah. I'm doing no, no, well. I still think you'll find that you're a hypocrite and you think I was, I was, I was only complaining that you spent 40 pounds on a shit haircut <laughs> <laughs> Ma- Martin also has a lot of fur I mean they had to clip him all over just to get it all an equal length <laughs> it's so quite, just to quite, get near him it's quite thick that he's wire cutters <laughs> if you've got a question Email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. 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 California, California, waiting in the sun, number one, <laughs> going on the run today. Are you singing Jenny Mitchell? That's right. I thought you were singing that, uh, California, no doubt about it. No, I was singing, did you recognise it by the end? I it recognised the it by the, by the first word that wasn't California. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, as we all know, that's a song famously about Catherine from California, uh, who's written Catherine Fornia. <laughs> that's a Chili Peppers album, isn't it? Uh, That's Catherine Fornication. (laughs) Who's written to us to say, I am three months pregnant. Congratulations. Yeah, that's right. That's the time at which you're allowed to say that, isn't it? Well done. Yeah, 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 good work. Uh, She says, I work in a place that has been known to hand over boring and or dead-end projects to pregnant women. Oh. Uh, Out of fear that they will not come back after maternity leave. That's a way to guarantee it, isn't it? Yeah, it's hardly going to inspire them to hang on, is it? Yeah, but it's much easier, isn't it, to control your fears than Mm. be afraid of the unknown. Than to face them. Also, I thought um, maternity leave in America is about 10 minutes. So (laughs) it doesn't make much difference to them, surely. Is she out of the operating room? Get her back on the project. Although she hasn't said what job she has. If she's a short-order cook, they're like, well, we can't give Catherine the omelette. We better just give her the fried eggs because uh, she could be gone for longer than it takes to make the omelette. I I can't argue with that logic, Helen. We just don't have the information, Ollie. Uh, She continues. Prior to my pregnancy... I dropped 10 sizes due to exercise and diet. Congratulations. That's huge, isn't it? That's impressive. That's like old Oprah to mid-period Oprah. See how uh, much more impressed we are by that than her having a baby. (laughs) Congratulations, you've lost a person, Catherine, and gained one as well. Well, because I can't lose weight. I've tried, whereas I reckon I can father a baby. You probably couldn't be pregnant with one. I think that's probably true. Mm. Google are working on it, though. (laughs) Um, Google womb. (laughs) Uh, Catherine continues I've had to pull back Because of the whole Pregnancy thing Fair enough uh, Pull back of the Like weight loss Yeah I um, mean If he'd pulled back Then she wouldn't be In this pickle Eh um, But thus I've lost some of my Toning Okay uh, But I have Maintained my weight Under my doctor's guidance well, Congratulations Catherine well, I think, well yeah But I think we can see Where this is going She's not going to be able To maintain that weight loss Whilst she's pregnant Is she So she says Recently a co-worker Asked me How my diet program Was going <sighs> And commented That setbacks 
Oh, normal. What oh, a bitch. What, what is their or business? Or man bitch. Or maybe it's just your, your boobs have become hormonally massive and they were ogling them and then they thought, well, I better try and cover this up by looking like I'm concerned about Catherine's health. <laughs> uh, she says, this gave me an idea that to disguise it, I should go with the idea that I'm just getting fat again since the doctor has said I need to gain between 20 and 25 pounds during my second and third trimester. Okay. Uh, I've already left empty cookie boxes and weight loss company brochures in my cube in plain sight good for you Catherine you crafty devil um, but that only does so much with the bump just continuing to grow yeah so Helen answer me this what else can I do to help hide or disguise my pregnancy I know I can't hide it forever no because in about six months a baby's going to fall out of your body uh, but the longer I can the better the boring projects also come with boring clients they're the ones who love to talk about baby stuff though yeah that's true and also it's only a few months of your life it might it might be less stressful doing a boring project when you're knocked up well presumably that's what the company's thinking isn't it that, that's the reason that they give boring projects pregnant women is they want them to be in a less stressful environment and actually you want a bridge don't you from the exciting work life that you enjoy into i'm not saying having a baby is mundane i'm sure it's very exciting in a different way but into a world where you are not stimulated by those kinds of questions anymore no isn't you're it good a toilet to have- monitor <laughs> exactly isn't it good to have a little bridge so that doesn't come as so much of a shock well I, mean, I suppose in principle though it is quite a sexist thing to do to the breeders because you wouldn't do it to the father but yeah. the father actually doesn't have the physical demand which means that they need to sit down more I mean that is an issue no but he might still be tired once the baby's come to interrupt his yes his yeah yeah but not mind. in the pre-hatching stage babies don't hatch out of eggs <laughs> I think interestingly though people are weirdly gullible about pregnancy because uh, I remember back in the days when I had an office job I was a receptionist at a company uh, of jazz and a pianist came in who was clearly pregnant and luckily I was too busy to say to her oh when are you due blah 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 but she was obviously like seven months pregnant and then a couple of weeks later someone's like oh Nikki's had a real shock she just found out that she's pregnant and I was like <laughs> yeah she was obviously pregnant like what did she think and they said oh she just thought she was getting really fat and I was like but it's different you're getting fat in a big round belly yeah not having a period for seven months yeah with something kicking you from within (laughs) when your hormones are going berserk but if she could believe it and therefore other people believe that she was just getting fat you could just run with this and actually if you were fat in the past Mm. i mean i've i've had this experience many times no one wants to ask a fat woman if they're pregnant it's too embarrassing so even though you've been thin if you're putting weight back on they'll be delicate uh, about it yeah most this particular co-worker who's approached you about your increasing weight is being indelicate most won't be i'm sure that beyond about six months it's nigh impossible to even pretend that you're being obese because you've got a big pregnant belly but i think also it's more difficult in somewhere that is warm like california than it would be in britain because in britain you could wear pretty much up to the ninth month a woolly poncho, yeah. a load of cardigans, a sweatshirt, all all these very form-disguising things, a big scarf a lot of people recommend on pregnancy forums. But there are some clothes as well that automatically make everybody look like they're big and chunky. Most sweatshirts. My entire wardrobe. Yeah, just some woolly man's clothes. Baseball shirts. You Americans wear some very unflattering clothes for baseball. Okay, so you're saying basically develop bad taste, go to a thrift yeah. store, as they call them. Well, you can wear empire waists. Because everyone looks pregnant in Jane Austen adaptations. And yet, whenever you see something like what not to wear, they're always like, Empire Waste is so flattering. They are not. I don't know if you've heard, but the former Prime Minister, Tony Blair, has written a book. It's about Gordon's temper being pals with George Bush and the untimely death of Robin Cook. I'll go to answer me this podcast.com slash audible and download it for free and listen to him reading it while I lie in bed pretending to be Cherie. Yuck. <laughs>
Here's a question from Jay from Kennington. This is what they're worried about in Kennington, Helen. He says, uh, answer me this. Who first successfully commercialised using paper to wipe one's ass? Great. Uh, and what were the options prior to this? Well, the options uh, were... Hand. Hand. Uh, the Water, Rom- I guess. Yeah, the Romans yeah. used to use um, sponges on sticks. But yep. some of the options were extremely exfoliating, <laughs> yes. including um, in Hawaii, coconut shells. Ooh. And in quite a lot of places, mussel shells. And you think, oh, that's, no. I mean, if, if there was a lot of cakeage, then I can understand why you'd use that as a spade, but not all, for the final polish. And also, you know what they say, don't eat a mussel if you can't open it. <laughs> don't eat a mussel if someone's used it like that. Yeah. Definitely a good tip there. Corn cobs in the USA. That's quite sensible. Uh, yeah, that's quite hairy, that isn't it, actually? Yeah. But they, what you wouldn't want is people reusing it. You need a different corn cob for each time. It's very yeah, wasteful. Well, I think a lot of these uh, would have been uh, throwaway. Apparently, wealthy French people used to use lace. I mean, that's not practical either. That's full of holes. That's yeah. ridiculous. But that's just showing off, isn't it? Uh, but people used uh, paper. They used uh, you know little squares of newspaper and stuff. I was going to say, as soon as paper was invented, even if it wasn't packaged in yeah. a way that suggested that it was a commercial product yes. or a brand, uh, it's an obvious thing to use, isn't it? Yeah, well, apparently uh, the first recorded usage of toilet paper specifically made to be toilet paper mm. rather than just paper you'd finished using and then what you bump with mm. uh, was in china in the 6th century ad and uh, in fact they they got through a lot of it uh, during the ming dynasty uh, in 1393 oh everyone always had the terrible blouts during that dynasty <laughs> the, an annual supply of 720,000 sheets of toilet paper was produced just for the use of the imperial court and the sheets were two by three feet Good lord. That's wow. massive. It's like the Bayou Tapestry. You'd have to have a really enormous <laughs> toilet roll holder, wouldn't you? Intriguing. Yeah. and uh, But then actually the commercialisation, which is what he's asking about, uh, that was uh, 1857 in America where, by a man called Joseph Gaetti. Uh, but it was not popular. He was selling it as a kind of medical aid to help prevent hemorrhoids. Mm. Uh, and then apparently the Americans didn't like that. And they also did not like having to talk so publicly about their bodily functions as to buy it in a shop. So he does ask this Jay from Kennington, who first successfully commercialised toilet paper? Well, I suppose it'd be the Scott brothers who built on Gaiety's idea and, and invented the toilet roll. But even then, it took them quite a long time as well to uh, get past people's blushes mm. about toilet business. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because it's a bit like, I mean, in our lifetime, we've seen sex aids go from something that you could only buy... Uh, brown in, paper bag. Yeah, brown yeah. paper bag and in pharmacies to something that is sort of proudly displayed. Well, not proudly, but just there on well, the shelf in a supermarket. People talk about it all the yeah. time. Do they have sex aids in supermarkets or are you just looking at the courgettes in a very inappropriate <laughs> way? <laughs> well, I reckon you could probably get a cock ring in Tesco Extra. I think toilet paper is one of the, the greatest aspects of civilised society because when I think about like a, a post-apocalyptic scenario in the future when all the oils run out and the sea levels are rising, the thing I worry about most is, is, is toilet paper. Actually, people That'd rarely say this. It'd they rarely say this on Desert Island Discs, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you're talking about luxury, I know you've got a copy of the Bible and Shakespeare, so I'll give you a bit yeah. of paper to get yeah. through. But even so... <laughs> I'd use the Apocrypha. There's been this scrunch or fold campaign going on at the moment. That Everyone's talking about scrunching or folding. No, like not it's a normal everyone. Thing. Well, not everyone is. The suggestion of the uh, advertisement is that everyone is talking about it. As far as it goes, I never knew that folding was even an option. I was outraged when I first saw this advertising campaign because I've switched it off subsequent times. My outrage has not lessened because I just thought they are really misusing interactivity. 
I mean, look how well yeah, we've it is, used it, it, listeners. Yeah. But them, like, you who is interested? Go to Facebook. That is a boring survey. It's People all, it's deliberately be... inane, though, isn't yeah, it? It's people... like they all sat around an ad meeting. They were proud they came up with something so inane. Don't propel people to indulge their most uninteresting thoughts. Well, let's think about what what could potentially be less interesting, staggeringly less interesting than scrunching or folding toilet paper than an advertising campaign of the future could ask. Scratching's not very interesting. Yeah, but it's got to be scratching or picking. You've got to, mm. <laughs> give, a, you've got to give an option so that people can go to Facebook and decide which way around they do it. Uh, do you prefer sneezing or coughing? <laughs> it's quite oh, boring. God. I mean, yeah. it's just making me sad to try and think of worse <laughs> things to interact about. <laughs> Shame on you, Andrex. Aim <laughs> higher. Get the dog back, even. It's Joe from Winchester. I'm just walking back after a night shift, and I put my rubbish in someone else's bin. Hello, Molly. Answer me this. Is that considered rude? Because I just got the worst glare ever off of someone whose bin I just put my rubbish in. That's so British, isn't it? Just a glare. <laughs> yeah. Thinking, well, it would be vulgar to shout out, Oi, don't put your rubbish in my bin. And you go, this is really going to hurt him, though, this glare. <laughs> and it has. It's caused him to call up in distress. I was going to say it depends what item of rubbish you were throwing away. But Dead ac- body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But actually, Helen, you're right. The British thing to do would be to glare in disapproval, even if it was a bag of nuclear waste. I hate this in myself, but every time I go down to the communal bins at the base of my block of flats, I hate my neighbours with red-hot passion for putting non-recyclables in the recycling bins and leaving stuff on the bin lids rather than in the bins so you can't even open the bins. Now, is that more irritating than putting recyclables into the non-recyclable bin, or are they equally irritating as each other? Well... That one is slightly less bad because it's easy for me to extract those and put them in the recycling bin. And do you do I, that? Yes, I often, unless wow. they're covered in cat litter. The thing is, yeah, there could be, exactly, there could be a reason that they're yeah. in the main bin. Yeah, I do have qualms, but I think, no, my qualms are less important than the environment. Good God. I know, I'm very devout. It's like being married to Al Gore. There seems to be quite a lot of debate on the most boring forums I've ever been on on the internet as to whether <laughs> actually doing what Jay has done is against the law. No, I, d- I wouldn't think that it is against the law because although technically the bin is private property, it's also council property, isn't it? Because they come mm. and pick it up. Well, some say that it's illegal because it's theft of services. I don't think it would ever get through a court because I think if you were no. doing it on a serial basis, yes. You know, if you took all of your rubbish in a big bin bag and mm. dumped it in your neighbour's bin every day, but if you walk past and throw a Big Mac wrapper into it rather than throw it onto the street really is i mean how would you even in court begin to delineate what you've well, done wrong it, there it wouldn't be worth your while bringing the court case because it's expensive to do that uh, i think it's different if you're disposing of commercial rubbish like in uh, girls this series strong plot point the disposal of commercial rubbish in patrick wilson's bins so you're n- avoiding what? a charge that you should be paying as a company yeah right. exactly and yet here's something my dad does he owns his own business yeah. so he has his own commercial bin <sighs> he sometimes brings waste from our home and puts it in his business bin I think that's excusable he's fly tipping upon his own yeah, self but I think it's only excusable because he owns the business yes. like if his employees started doing that they would be thrown into the bin themselves he takes a lot of pride in it actually like whenever we have anything that causes a lot of rubbish like Christmas Day you know when there's that bag full of like open wrapping paper and like turkey legs unwanted presents yeah he yeah. He, he he really draws attention to it and he's you know makes a big fuss like yeah. he'll hold the bin and go don't worry about disposing of this i shall take it to my company bin oh like it's you know a really extraordinary thing he can offer the family as a service you know what would be amazing if he brought the company bin home and wrapped it up like a present with a massive bow around it and then you all got to chuck the stuff in just a massive skip yeah like an I- inverse present that you don't take out the the wrapping you put in maybe i think if we all saw a giant skip on our front drive we'd assume that he was about to shoot us all in the head and dispose of us in it well here's something very different to rubbish uh it's a question from adam from yorkshire who says ollie answer me this what would you do 
if you had Google Glass. Go on every chat show immediately. <laughs> so you'd have an exclusive... Well, I mean, you, yeah. you do get some of the gadgets quite early, but... Uh, yeah, but not that. No. That is the... That's uh, way early. Let's, let's just back up a second. So Google Glass is an augmented reality head-mounted display unit, of course. The idea is it layers on top of real life a layer of internet stuff. No, I understand the principle of augmented reality. Well, I'm explaining for right. the listeners, oh, Martin. Okay, Just sorry. play dumb for fuck's oh, sake. Yeah. What's augmented reality, Ollie? <laughs> is that like virtual reality, but 2.0? Uh, so the idea is that you could be sort of shopping in a store and as you're looking at a product, it can bring up links where you can get it cheaper or tell you more about it. And this well, is... like being Robocop or does something. Does the idea of being a cyborg appeal to you, Helen? Um, well, the thing is, Ollie, I'm quite a late adopter of technology. I want to know whether it's worth my while to get my brain replaced with a magic mirror of data mm. <laughs> or my arms replaced by guns. Yeah, so you'd wait for the 10th iteration by the time they've ironed out all the flaws. Yeah, I don't think I have an excessive interest in becoming a cyborg, but ask me when all my organs are failed and I'll probably be more positive. But I genuinely do believe that this whole Google Glass project is merely a diversionary tactic from all the evil shit Google are doing. <laughs> there was a brilliant picture of one of the Google execs, I think maybe Sergey Brin, on the red carpet at uh, the Vanity Fair's post-Oscar party, just lurking at the backs of a kind of leafy backdrop. He was sort of hiding in the leaves wearing Google Glass. So I don't know whether he was just looking at Jessica Chastain going, with my Google Glass, I can see through her dress. Then in your awesome knowledge I'll be basking What's in some man I'm so alone No one to email No one to email And no one to phone Where can I get new friends from? Answer me this podcast.com Right, well, here's a question from Valerie from London, Ontario. Uh, who says, uh, we have the World Figure Skating Championships being hosted in my hometown, London, Ontario, in Canada, this March. So, Helen, answer me this. How popular is figure skating in England? How am I supposed to answer that? Because it's not like there's an official census about these things. It's an emotional question. So all I can do is answer for myself and say that figure skating is only moderately popular in my sample group of one, i.e. me. I'm not sure what the difference is between like dancing on ice type ice dancing and figure skating okay well figure skating is done by people who've been training since childhood to be good at skating and dancing on ice is done by people that used to be in itv soap operas (laughs) you understand yeah the thing about figure skating is it looks good when you just have one person in isolation or obviously three or four people doing it in tandem but if someone was actually in an ice rink that i was in i would feel uh very hemmed in by that person in the middle being it's quite intimidating isn't it they are showing off and yet it does happen doesn't it i mean probably not world-class figure skaters but we've all been skating where there's some I don't want to be rude. Bellend. Thank you. There's some bellend <laughs> in the middle of the ice rink, just showing off, just showing off. And it also, when we were 15, it would be someone who would then like grab a girl, you know, as if they were David Copperfield flying through the auditorium, <laughs> grab a girl from the outside and take her with him into the middle. Wow, like a, an ice version of Dirty Dancing. Yeah. And I was just, I just used to feel really intimidated because, to be honest, the only reason I went to the ice rink was to get a slush puppy afterwards. It was uh, one of the only places in Stevenage you could get a slush puppy in the 90s. Well, they just scrape it off the floor and put some flavouring in it. Well, the problem was, obviously, ice rinks are very, very cold. I then got a slush puppy and then mm. I'd get one of those ice cream Idiot. headaches because the combination of all the ice everywhere never even enjoyed the slush puppy. I was in pain. That was about as close as you got to self-harm. <laughs> 
I, I would guess, though, uh, in answer to your question, Valerie, that ice skating generally is more popular in Canada because there's a lot more ice there. Britain has a maritime climate that does not tend to the extreme cold that you need for the proliferation of ice. Yeah. And also you love ice hockey there, and maybe that translates into also loving other ice-based uh, activities. Well, she also has a second question, this Valerie. Uh, she says, uh, Helen, answer me this. Are you aware that there exists such a city in Canada? I am. And not just because you've written in from London, Ontario, Valerie. I was aware of it because whenever I used to type London into weather.com to find out our weather forecast, it would go, do you mean London, Ontario? That's right, Of yeah. course I don't. I mean the proper London. That's it, yes. I'm not dismissing London, Ontario, which sounds like a large town with what, over 300,000 inhabitants. Yeah, London, but... UK is way bigger, and I'd imagine the London that springs to more minds than London, Ontario, yeah, no offence. Well, no, but not, not minds in the Americas, Helen, because I had this, I went to mm. watch the Tonight Show being recorded in uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I had my photo taken with Jay Leno. <gasps> Uh, and then afterwards, the guy who takes the picture takes your address so that he can send it to you. And I gave him my full address and postcode, or zip code, as they call it over there, and it got diverted via London, Ontario. That's just silly, isn't Even it? Even though I put London, UK, they thought it was more likely that I must have meant Canada. So it landed eventually in my postbox, having travelled via Canada. Maybe it went via the ten or so Londons that are also in the USA. Most of these places, you know which one you're talking about, don't you? You talk about Boston. You're not talking about Boston, Lincolnshire. You're talking about Boston. Well, if you're in, in Stamford. Depends what you're saying, yeah. doesn't it? I want to go to Boston and see their famous Red Sox sporting team, for example. Right. But, like, but yeah. are, there, are, there, are there any ambiguous? There's Vancouver that is in Washington State. And even though it's at the far end of Washington State to the Canadian border, it's still not that far from it's Vancouver in miles. Canada. Well, actually, when Americans say, I'm from Washington, do they normally oh. mean they're from Washington State or that they're from D.C.? I think they usually say D.C. when they mean D.C. Right, yeah, It's the yeah, kind yeah. of thing Americans do. They, uh, it's a two-parter. Because it's that thing, isn't it? Because Americans are used to saying town and then state to avoid mm. that confusion, that they start doing it when they're here as well. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm here for three weeks. We're going to go to Paris, France. We're going to go to Prague, Czech oh, Republic. Yeah, 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 I know where Prague is. Yeah, it's in Devon. <laughs> Actually, there is a town called Toronto. It's a small town somewhere in Britain. Oh, yeah. And I'd imagine if you're from there, you just like, oh, why couldn't they have just named it something else? I'm sick of explaining this. I'm not from the Toronto, I'm from the small Toronto that no one knows about. They need to put a little prefix in front of it. Like New York? Yeah, so you have like, shit Toronto. <laughs> Tiny Toronto. <laughs> Tiny, that's better, yeah, okay. Newport, that's the one that's a real pain in the ass to yeah. be from, because it seems like every English-speaking country has a million towns called Newport in mm. it. And there's a lot of Newport beaches, even in the States. Silly. Well, again, if you think about what a port is used for, especially Newport, a beach is going to be relevant to that, isn't it? Yeah, but then there's mm. Newport in Shropshire. That's not anywhere near the beach. Shropshire is very landlocked. Well, listeners, that brings us uh, to the end of this week's Answer Me This, so it just remains for us to say, please send us some questions by email, via via Skype, via telephone. All of our contact details are listed on our website, answermethispodcast.com, where you can also find the links through to our Facebook and Twitter pages and buying our first 120 episodes and, and, of course, our Audible promotion. Please take out the Audible promotion because we get money for every one of you that does it. Yes, if we haven't been clear on that point. I mean, there are lots of benefits to you thousands of hours of audio that you can choose from yes some of it worth up to 20 quid a pop but yeah. let's be honest we make money out of this as well if you like our show you'd like to support our show please do help yourself to a free audiobook it's per- very diverting you know i'm stocking up because i'm going on a long journey soon which also brings me listeners to tell you that, that i'm about to kill myself i'm on a long <laughs> journey 
and I, I never coming back. Next week is our last episode before we take a very little break, a really short break. We're only taking a couple of weeks off this time, aren't we? So, we are. But do stock up on audio to tide you over those uh, bleak two weeks. And if you do have a question that you want answering... Hurry up! <laughs> get on it now. Yes. Uh, and Time's we'll, a-wasting. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye. Bye.